0: Before we get going with today's podcast, I want to remind you about a great opportunity to learn football at Lawrence First and Goal Coaches Clinic. The clinic is to benefit pediatric brain tumor research, as well as cancer services, and the lineup, as I mentioned, is an incredible one, 160 speakers, and right now, you can get the ticket to that clinic, $49 for an individual. $150 for a staff of five, so $30 a coach there, but you need to act now. That expires once it hits 2021 here, midnight on Friday. Again, check it out at lfgf.coachesclinic.com. On today's episode, we focus on special teams and recruiting technology, and joining me to discuss both of those is the linebackers and special teams coordinator at Columbia, Justin Stovall. Justin, it's great to have you here on the podcast.
1: Great to be here, Keith. Thanks for having me.
0: Justin, there's a a lot for you that uh, you've tackled and you have going on, and uh, we're going to dig into, as I said, special teams today, and we're going to take a look at uh, some of the things that you're doing in recruiting that I feel are really interesting in how you're using the technology. Before we get into all that, though, I want to kind of walk through the beginning of your career and just start with, you know, what was it that um, spurred you on or encouraged you to get into this profession and become a football coach?
1: Well, I would say the first thing is I've had some amazing coaches, uh, great influence on my life all the way through childhood and then into college. And, um, you know, I think, you know, as I got into into coaching, it was the coaches that coached me that, that got me into the door you know, got me in the door. So, um, you know, they were really the driving force, but then I realized that, you know, who I am and what the game and the coaches that I've been around and other guys within the game that I've been around have have helped make me, um, you know, that's the opportunity that, that I see in coaching is, um, is to, to be around people that are at the cusp, uh, and, you know, at the college level, you know, that's where I want to be. So, um, you know they're at the cusp of of some major life changing decisions, and um, you know guys like Coach Loose, uh, who recruited me out of Florida, you know that that really to Lafayette in the collegiate career, my collegiate playing career, uh, has really you know uh, set the path for the remainder of my life. And I in, you know in the Ivy League at Columbia, where I am now, uh, coaching linebackers and special teams, um, you know we talk about four years at Columbia but it's really 40 years it's the rest of your life your career after so um with that in mind that's that's really the 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 main reason I got into coaching
0: and I know for you this has been a great opportunity to really soak in from some great coaches and you know from your your current head coach to where you're at right now we're back to Villanova with Andy Talley who's a, a Hall of Famer those guys definitely have been influential but you know for you it was being a sponge and taking that in. talk to us about how those guys influenced you
1: oh yeah I mean just they're um and, and I could start with with John Troxell who's been a long time head coach at, at division three school Franklin and Marshall um, who got me into coaching um you know he uh unbelievable influence um then over to Villanova with Andy Talley, um, you know, when you just, and, and now at Columbia, Dave Cicchini over at Bucknell, but um, these are all, and, and Andy Cohen at Lehigh, but you know, when you look at, at, at Andy Talley and, and Al only who I coach under right now, who I think is another future Hall of Famer, um, you know, the, the amount of, of knowledge I've been able to gain from those guys, um, just in their approach, their philosophy, how to run a program, how to build a program, how to turn a program around, um, you know, it, it, I I obviously am, am participating, but I'm following their move. I'm learning how to be a great leader. Uh, that's the value I've gained from them. Um, and then my ability to implement it and just my subsection of the team, you know, the linebackers or the special teams um, to take their philosophies, to take their approach, uh, learn from that, then reapply it on my uh, section of the team to try to have the best execution to help us win week in and week out um, and build the best relationships with the players. Um, That's, that's really what I've learned.
0: You know, when we look at how we develop as coaches, there's, and really now more than ever, you're, you're a part of it with Lawrence first and going, we have 160 speakers there an incredible lineup, a lot to learn from those guys. We have all the other clinics that are going on. You know, the virtual world has opened things up. Uh, You talked about being a sponge, but, you know, some of that can become overwhelming. Um, What's your approach to handling all all the knowledge you've gained over time and all the knowledge you continue to gain, um, again, to be able to have something that's executable for your players?
1: Right. No, I I mean, well, first I think you need a big big, uh, drive to store all your film and (laughs) documents that you're going to – get over time. You know, I, I think that that's number one. Um, <clears throat> at least you're not traveling around with the boxes of three ring binders anymore, but, um, you know, that you need to definitely subscribe to the Lawrence first and goal clinic, you know, have year long access to this stuff, because I don't think that it's something that you can, um, ingest in, a sh- in that short amount of time and, and retain it all. You got to keep revisiting the material um, you know, throughout the course of the year uh, subjects, you know, that, that, that are paramount to you or at a premium at that time, you know, cause I think throughout the, the course of the year, you're going to run into different things that you may struggle with, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that coaches within the Lawrence first and gold clinic, there's such a, uh, a diverse amount of information being shared by, like you said, some amazing coaches. The lineup is incredible. Um, so you're sitting there saying, all right, if I need you, we're struggling in the red zone or I need, I need some red zone ideas. You know, there's guys talking about the red zone, or like third down or blitzes or, I mean, you name it, special teams, offense. I mean, so um, I want to learn even as a defensive coach, like what offensive coaches are thinking, I'm going to go check that out. You know? Um, so I think that that's, that's how you do it. It's, a, it's all, you're always learning. Uh, you forget things that you have to relearn. Um, and that's just part of the process.
0: It is, you know, but ultimately, um, we're going to have all this knowledge in our head as coaches and Mm -hmm. we have to, uh, we've, we've got to be the filter for that, right? What's going to go to our players? What's going to go into our playbook? What are the ways we're going to teach these guys, the drills we're going to use? I mean, there's limitations to all of that. You can't do it all. Uh, what's, what's your advice in, you know, taking this knowledge and making it something that's actionable?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a, a great question. I know you you asked that before, and I didn't really answer it. So, um, you know, I think that you have to have a foundation, a very simple foundation philosophy. What you want to do schematically, um, even even philosophically, what you're trying to accomplish, right? Um, and the goals. You don't want to have a million goals. You need, you need to have a couple goals, right? But but those goals. Um, influence a lot of um, other outcomes, right, that, that within the game. So uh, I think the same thing within the, within the scheme, right? You said a great foundation. Uh, you don't need a mil- – you you're not going to start introducing with a million plays or a million different uh, fronts, right? You're going in with, with a single front, you know, a single coverage, uh, and you're in or, – or special teams, right, a single return or single protection, And you're installing that, but from that, you're going to build on, right. You're going to build on that. And I don't think you move to the next thing until you have the execution that you're going to need, uh, to be able to move to the next thing. Right. Um, so that's what I've learned. I've learned to be very simple. I've learned to execute at a high level at a very few things. I think Bruce Lee said it best. He said, you know, I don't fear the man with 10,000 kicks. I fear the man that's practiced one kick 10,000 times. So, um, that's that's kind of the the philosophy that I approach the game with, and I encourage other coaches to do the same.
0: Yeah, I was was reading a book this morning, and as you were talking about that, I, I remember a, a, a just a phrase that I highlighted, underlined, and starred. And um, the the uh, the book is called Limitless, and the author's Jim Quick. But he was okay. talking about. Uh, the the myth, he called it, a myth that knowledge equals power, right? We hear that all the time. And, right. you know, the the way he corrected that, and it was really that knowledge plus action equals power, which is exactly what you're talking about here, right? Uh, it, it's not being, right. you know, taking all this stuff and, and having all these different things. And especially as we, you know, get into talking about special teams here, um, it's probably one of the... Uh, most nuanced part of the games right like we're gonna go through and, and maybe have this really thick playbook for offense defense that explains everything and has all our adjustments and we can do all these different things etc and we have the time we have the meeting time we have the walkthrough time we have the you know the practice time the fundamental time etc to be able to do more in those areas but as you get into uh looking at special teams you know you're gonna have to to pick your poison like you said you you can go and right. learn all these things, and it's important that you do because ultimately that's going to be make you better. But that action part of it is so important, right? And and you mentioned to me, you know, in in I mean, what you do is, you know, being a linebackers coach, which, again, is is the a, a majority of your time on the field, right? That's what you do. But the special teams right. part is what you get asked about the most. And I think it's kind of – it's just one of those things that um, continues to be an area that people have to figure out a way – to be the most efficient. It is the part of the game that, you know, there's there's limitations placed on it, et cetera. You, you'll hear guys talk about, you know, winning all three phases of the game and placing the importance on special teams. And and I can tell you, like, everywhere I, I've been as I moved up, um, you know, different levels of the game, I've just seen that, wow, well, you know, I thought I was detailed in this and I thought I knew about it and I thought I knew how to do these right. things. But special teams was always the thing where I found, like, and picking up a little bit more and understanding how to do it, not just what to do, but how to do it in practice, uh, that, that there's really a, right. a secret sauce to that. So talk to us a little bit about just for you, your approach to special teams. You mentioned it a little bit here, right? You, you know, not having all kinds of schemes, right. but something that you can really refine and be good at. But you know, talk to us about your approach to special teams play.
1: Yeah, that's, that how I get to that that simplification, I look at it and I, and I really to be as efficient as possible. I try to, when I look at everything we're doing from a special teams perspective, and I want to find what's the common thread within that, that a, I can find out, we can, we can determine what scheme we want to do. Right. But then, the common thread is, is, all right, what position is going to fit that? What kind of personnel is going to fit that best? Then what coach on staff can coach that personnel problem best within that scheme? Um, And, and then also saying, all right, from a personnel perspective, it's like, all right, we have to develop the talent within special teams, right? So I don't want to do a ton of things schematically uh, because I look at it philosophically and say all right this offensive guy is also a starter on offense or, or a backup and he's learning what they're asking him to do on offense and the same thing with the defensive guy um, and, I, and I have to say that for both the players and the coaches whether or not you ha- can have as many slogans as you want make special teams important so on and so forth um, I approach it with understanding that those players and coaches. His title's the wide receiver coach. His title's the DB coach. He his on the roster. It says he plays corner, right? It says he plays wide receiver. So I approach it with that mindset, with the understanding that that is where their emphasis is going to be throughout the course of the week. Um, but I also have to make them or have them view their portion of the special teams, not be overwhelming, uh, be something that they feel is important and that they feel they can do very well within the course of the game and have an impact, um, doing that. So I, you know, to be honest with you, it's, it, I think I, I could change what we're doing and I think that we could do it equally as well. Um, you know, it, it, because it all comes down to execution. I tell the guys all the time, it's like this, the plan, the plan, nothing. The plan is nothing without execution. Execution is the reason the plan looked good. Um, so I, I always put it back on them, um, you know, in in the understanding that, you know, the only way that um, that this is all going to come together is, is the players going out and executing. So I put it high demand. On that. Um, I don't ask a lot of them, but what I, what I do ask of them, you know, it's, there's a, a, a very, very high demand on that throughout the course of the week. And expectation, um, the expectation, the bar is set extremely high. And um, in the few things that we're asking them to do, and the players, they meet that challenge a lot of the time. You know, I think that if you make it overwhelming, you're doing too many things, um, you're putting guys in positions that they're not comfortable. Um, you know, or confident in, uh, you're not going to get the level of execution you want.
0: When I look at special teams, and especially as you move up the levels, right, there, there's that aspect of, I can remember when I first started, and, you know, it was a a young high school coach, and, I mean, our special teams time at that time was, was legitimately, you know, let's get this unit out there and run some reps. And there was no individual, there wasn't the, the fundamentals being developed. And I look at, how special teams are run today and how, you know, as I got to the college level, we would run them and, you know, become so more, much more refined and how we're doing. Um, but also, you know, really paying attention to who you put out there and the skill sets that, that those guys have. So you coach the linebackers and, and those guys certainly are, are guys you look to get involved. But, you know, how do you go about that evaluation process, right? Because you don't necessarily have a, a lot of of reps to give away in that aspect either, but how are you going to go about making sure that you got the right guys on the field based on some of the skill sets they have that maybe don't necessarily apply to their uh, regular position
1: right so it's like it's like you got to put them in a position of something that they can accomplish. what are you asking them to do that's the first thing what are you, what are you asking them to do um, and then you're trying to say you know how what body type fits that? Um, right. So there's going to be positions where, you know, your, your bigger linebackers, your D ends, your tight ends are going to fit, uh, much better. And then other positions on the field, uh, where your corner safeties wide outs are going to, and running backs are going to, uh, fit, you know, um, that those positions. So I guess when I, when I look at it, I I'm seeing, okay, let's just take the four core special teams units 11 guys I see 44 different positions uh on the field um you know but then at the same time then I you can basically split things in half and develop from a, a depth perspective and I encourage a lot of guys to do this when they're looking at trying to figure out how to fill their depth chart because that's the, that that becomes challenging um when you want when you're trying to get your your quality depth and and within special teams is being very symmetrical, right side, left side, um, you know, and, and always designing your schemes that way. So you can uh, have three guys in a rotation. So you have your two starters and then one guy backing up the right and the left side. So now you're able to, um, and then within practice, able to work that rotation Uh, So you have your next guy in the game, right? Uh, Rather than, you know, you're, you know, now you have two different backups when you as a coordinator or the team can benefit from having this guy next in the game, rather than either of those two backups, if that makes sense. So um, I think that, 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 that's what you have to do a lot of the time. Um, You know, you find yourself in that situation Having to sub a guy out in the course of the game, and you want you want your next best player in the game, because sometimes you're digging you're digging down onto the into the bus, you know, and saying, all right, this guy was on the bubble of even traveling, he's going in the game and taking a rep. So, yeah, that
0: yeah, that's that's something different too when you think about the the travel rosters at the college level get cut down, so you don't necessarily have uh, that luxury of of uh, everybody, as you said, being on the bus. Um, When you look at, again, the personnel, uh, I know a lot of coaches say, you know, this is an important unit. We're going to play starters on this unit, you know, starters from offense or defense. And and I agree with that philosophy. I do remember talking with uh, NFL uh, special teams guru, Bobby April, uh, you know, a longtime NFL special teams coach about uh, how many units those starters can be on. For you, is there any kind of formula that you guys like to use and making sure that uh, you're being smart about, uh, you know, a guy who's a start on O or D being on, you know, too many units.
1: Yeah. So we do, we do have a philosophy on that. So to, we, we max our starters out at, at two units. Um, when you look at the four core, you know, pump, pump, return, kickoff, kickoff return. Um, so we, we try, we limit our starters to two um, two of those units, and I try to look at it also from the perspective of, um, you know, the value of the unit. So I, I, I rank the value of the unit from punt being number one, uh, kickoff return is number two, uh, punt return is number three, and then kickoffs number four. That's my ranking. Um, I think a lot of guys would agree with that and maybe shuffle those last two are interchangeable, but I'll tell you why. Um, you know, obviously punt, you know, it, 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 I think a lot, I think everyone would have punt number one. Um, so we're using our best players that can execute, uh, change the field, do all the things we need to do from a, a punt perspective, uh, protect and get the ball off. Um, because I, that's the one that's going to lose you the game, lose you your game, you know? So most of our starters are on our punt and kickoff return. And, I rank kickoff return second um, because I think that that's a, a great opportunity to get the best player on your team, uh, the ball in his hand, um, you know, and I don't know what opportunities we're going to get throughout the course of the year uh, to return. So he's in there every rep, right? Every time we're taking the field, he's going to be the one beat, Um and we're going to have our best players so that when we have the opportunity to return one, we're going to try to go the distance with it, which is going to be my clinic, um, you know, at Lawrence First and Goal Clinic. So I'm going to be talking about how we do things I'm more in depth on kickoff return and why we've been so good uh, there. Um, but, you know, punt then kickoff return. And then I look at punt return and I look at, you know, and kick off as an opportunity to really groom guys that are deeper on the depth chart, right? Um, there's less thinking. It's more just your one-on-one battle. Um, right. And, and so I look to get guys in on those units. The scarier thing with punt return for me is uh, you're still playing defense. It's fourth down. So I always like to, you know, I, I incorporate some offensive guys there, but I like when I incorporate offensive guys within the punt return unit, I like to put them in positions where they're not having to understand formations and eligibility. Um, I think that that's a con that's a concept that kind of can not escape them, but just be, it's just, it's not in their element. It's defensive guys are always in that mindset. So I'm, I'm always looking to have linebackers and safeties and corners um, who are on the pump block unit, uh, as defensive players, always having to identify um, potential for fake, get us into safe, uh, take care of the eligibles, understand what we're going to do when we're sh- when they, if they shift or motion or whatever it may be. I'm putting that on the, the defensive guys that are part of that unit, uh, but I can typically do that with a guy who's second or third on the, um, you know, on the depth chart on, on defense, right. Uh, And really get some, some heady, more experienced guys in there um, to take, take on those roles while mixing in some young guys. You know, if I, if I have a young, um, you know, wide receiver, right. Who, you know, may just have made the travel squad. It's week seven, you know, and, and he, you know, he can't, he doesn't know anything. He just knows coach is throwing me in the game on pump block, and he's saying, go block this kick, you know. And I've been evaluating his ability to get to take off and bend and, and, uh, and, and get to the block point. He's comfortable. He's an athlete. And I don't need him thinking much. I just need him to go block a kick, right, that week. You know, that's a great opportunity to get a young guy some confidence and, and, and show a young guy that you're confident in them as well right? That, Hey, you know, you're going in the game this your, you know, maybe your first college football game, but I got all the confidence in the world in you. Um, and you know, and you're, I'm going to send you after it. When we call block, we might only call it once this week, might not call it at all, but you're going to be, you're going after it. And I think that, that, you know, players, they love that, you know, they want, they want someone who's confident in them, you know, um, a coach, especially, and, and given an opportunity to, to impact the game as a young player. Um, and then kickoff's the same way, right? We're kicking 65% touchbacks, uh, right? Like they're having very few opportunities to return. It's an opportunity to sprinkle a young guy in there, um, right? And he's running down the field on a kickoff. It feels like a million bucks, but they're not they – they have zero returns all game, right? But he's he's getting his first college football action you know, and he's, and you're, you're showing confidence in him. So uh, to me, those are all important things. And, and getting out on the field, I know, you know, as a, as an ex-player, you know, it's like, you're, that's a, that's such an incredible experience in itself, you know, as a young player, that is just something to build on, you know, from confidence to, um, to culture, um, you know, to saying, Hey, if you work hard, in your early, in you're your showing every day in practice that you're, uh, I'm, I'm gonna get, you know, I'm, I'm evaluating you, right? So, we get a home game. That's a great opportunity too. is home game. You're not, you're not, uh, you're not stuck with with these restrictions at home. You can, you can dress everybody. So a, and we don't redshirt in the Ivy League. So, you know, I'm trying to always encourage these guys to give great effort on scout teams. Right, because when we're home, I don't care who's, you know, in the 2D. When we're home, because everybody dresses. You know, if you're the best guy, I'm putting you on the pump block team or I'm putting you on the kickoff team. So, you know, run down on the scout team kickoff, show me what you can do, teach them the techniques, and we have a, you know, we. I think it's a, it's a, an important job of a special teams coordinator all throughout the year to, um, to be evaluating your talent. And I got a great story is, is our all-American um, kickoff returner, Mikey Russo's, right? So we, we, were, we were first in the league in kickoff return with the kick returner for two years. or Yeah, for two years. And he was coming back for his third season as our returner, right? This guy who was, who was so first in the league two years in a row, uh, was first team all league as a, kick, a kickoff returner in the Ivy League. Um, and and we were the best kickoff return. So we get to about week six, he gets hurt. Well, what do you do? You know, he's a little banged up in the knees, our starting corner, right? I can't, I'm not putting him back there. It's this week, this week, it's our freshman, right? So how did how did we get into week six and a freshman worth throwing back there? Well, he, he took all of camp and all six weeks we were leading up to that, we were evaluating him right? And saying, this is the next best guy. Um, and he got his opportunity and he's been our returner ever since. Uh, not only that, he, he finished the, he finished the league as the first team kickoff returner in the league, freshman, all American, you know, and he's been on uh, back-to-back years. He was our, uh, he was our guy. And so he took the job and never looked back. Um, so you just, I think you've always got to be – you don't ever know who your next guy is going to be. You don't know the situation that it's going to come in, but there's no way that you, you can't be evaluating your talent um, all the time and trying to groom them. That's what special teams is about, in my opinion.
0: Definitely. Coach, I know the other aspect of what you do is – I mean, it's it's the lifeblood of college football is recruiting. And, you know, you shared with me some interesting technology. actually taught me a little bit about uh, – how how you could do things um, maybe more efficiently, right? Everything's always a time crunch, even with recruiting, right? There's a lot of guys to look at and contact right. and communicate with. And uh, you, you've you been able to find a tool that um, I think has a ton of potential to help coaches. Talk to us a little bit about the, your use of technology and recruiting.
1: Yeah, so I was able to, you know, come across a, a great tool, you know, in the time that I've been in – coaching in college football. I mean, technology has just been injected into this process. Um, social media uh, apps, you know, mobile phones, you know, t- the way we communicate with recruits, right. To, I used to be ma- I used to mail VHS tapes and, you know, DVDs, receive DVDs and everything. And now it's uh, now it's all linked. So everything's going mobile um, information is, is more available in real time than ever before. And um, and there's a there's an app out there, Roster Spot, that I started to use. It's called Roster Spot, um, just like it sounds, all one word. Um, and it is built for coaches by coaches. And what it does is it really brings together the social element of recruiting, and the database management that coaches need, like your um, you know your front rush, your jump forward, your arms. So it brings together your database to manage your athletes and connections with high school coaches and the athletes. Uh, but it also gives you the platform to be able to communicate with those coaches and athletes as well within the recruiting process. The best way for me to describe it, it's like a LinkedIn for recruiting, um, for for collegiate recruiting, specifically, um, you know, how I'm using it for football.
0: Right. And I think you share with me that uh, a lot of it though is based on, Twitter or social media. Is that correct?
1: Correct. So it is a social platform. So, I mean, everybody, anybody can get on, um, you know, and, and use the platform. And, and really it's um, it's just what role are you um, what role are you in on the platform and, and who are you looking to communicate with? So, um, and then the tools and the functionality available to college coaches speaks specifically to the process, which you know, Twitter's great, and, you know, it's been a great tool, right? It was – I think everybody realizes that and has recognized that, but I think that what Roster Spot realizes is that Twitter's not built for the process. Um, and so it doesn't have all the tools that come with it that coaches need. So that's where RosterSpot filled the gap,
0: in my opinion. If you could just you know to walk us through and give us a kind of a practical example of of how this is making life easier for you and being able to use a platform like this, um, exactly what does it look like, or or how do you use it to, I guess, engage a recruit? Could you give us an example?
1: Right, like so, everybody gives questionnaire links and and tells ask recruits to come fill out their questionnaire. So it's the same principle. Um, the uh, so I'm still connecting with recruits, um, and get trying to get them to come in and, um, and fill out a questionnaire. But part of that process is, is that they, by doing that, they are on the other end of the app on their phone all the time. So my ability to connect with them isn't just through email. I'm, I'm direct messaging through the app. I'm texting through the app. I'm calling through the app. I'm doing all these things and I can even get out to Twitter through the app. Um, you know, so it's not just um, you know in the early stages here they've designed it with the data because it is database and not everybody's a social media user. Um, college coaches, college coaches are also able to um, put their their data in the platform to utilize data on athletes that aren't users, right? So I can still have my database management and still fully recruit using this platform um you know but as they fill out questionnaires for you know in this case columbia you know they are becoming a roster spot user and therefore i'm communicating with them on the app as well
0: yeah it's pretty cool i know uh technologies i mean i can remember we got front rush for the first time and you know, how, how much more efficient that made it, you know, but I think at that time, if I remember, right, we weren't allowed to uh, follow or DM or do any of of that kind of stuff on Twitter, even at division three level, you know, and that's been opened up, obviously, I I remember the day when texting opened up, because there was a while you couldn't even text. So, you know, it's it's amazing, you know, the the functionality of, of the technology, I think is so important. But again, finding those tools that are efficient. And and, uh, so thanks for sharing that one. I know it's one that I hadn't heard of till you mentioned it to me, but I do think uh, that has a ton of of potential for coaches. And again, the name of that one is roster spot. Um, So as we wrap things up, coach, I want to make sure we share your recruiting area for those coaches out there listening, who uh, may have uh, a guy for you at Columbia.
1: Yeah, please. I mean, I will say this first, if it's anybody, I can, you know, send me your guys. We can, uh, we can get it to the, the proper coach. Cause we always want to make sure we're, we're seeing all, all the, the prospects. But my area specifically is the whole state. I had the entire state of Georgia and I have the East coast of Florida from Jacksonville down the Dade County in Miami. Um, uh, but I also had the panhandle. So everything across I-10, uh, through the panhandle of Florida as well. And that's my recruiting area.
0: And the best way to connect with you.
1: Oh yeah, best way to connect, you can uh hit you can reach out to me on my email. It's J at uh Columbia.edu or Twitter coach at coach stow s t n go G O. So at coach stow and go. You can hit feel free to reach out to me there as well.
0: And coach to to wrap things up, always the final question that I ask uh coaches on this podcast is when you look at everything you do on and off the field as a coach, what would you say is the one thing that really gives your players the winning edge?
1: Man, playing for each other. You know, there's nothing like there's nothing like sacrificing for for each other. Um, that to me, uh, you're always gonna you know have an edge there if your guys are willing to do that, play in and play out, and never let up.
0: Coach, I really appreciate you taking the time, and I'm really looking forward to seeing you present at Lawrence First and Goal. Uh, for our listeners out there, that's coming up uh, when this airs. I think it'll be about eight days, January 14th. It starts. Yes. It goes through the 17th. Uh, an incredible lineup. You can see everybody there at lfgf.coachesclinic.com. Uh, headliners like Luke Fickle, Mac Brown, Jeff Munkin, uh, Greg Sciano, Um you know, we, we have a couple more that we're adding. Jeff Collins from Georgia Tech I know is another guy uh, we added on there and just incredible coordinators, uh, position coaches, guys. Most of these guys from FBS and FCS level, though we do have uh, some, some small college guys mixed in there as well. And, uh, again, going to a great cause. Uh, Lawrence First and Goal uh, supports uh, and, and funds pediatric brain tumor research, and then uh, probably one of the most important parts, the cancer services. So when a family, uh, you know, needs to take their child for treatment uh, at a hospital, and they need, you know, funds for um, being able to uh, to put their family up, and you know, all the things that go along with that travel, et cetera, uh, Lauren's First and Goal comes into play and, and helps families directly, helps take care of them, and make sure uh, that they have what they need. And so everything for this clinic from this clinic, I should say, is going to support Lawrence First and Goal. So please uh, check out the lineup and sign up at uh, lfgf.coachingclinic.com. Coach, again, appreciate you, and uh, thank you for what you're doing for Lawrence First and Goal.
1: I appreciate you, Keith, and excited for Lawrence First and Goal.